Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Tell you, we got some excellent texts that have come into this show, and we'll get to some of those at 105. Uh, Bob Stoffer with you. Want to tell you, the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. 50 years, Royal Pizza has been Edmonton-owned and operated. Pizza, pasta, and so much more for the uh, locations of their uh, 14 Royal Pizzas in the Edmonton and surrounding area. Visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Without further ado... Going to be at the River Cree tonight for the cult. Looking forward to that. Uh, he's got his own cult that follows him, and he's part of that uh, Toronto uh, mafia that's uh, helping doing the pitching right now for uh, general manager uh, Kyle Dubas. Is that true? Well, uh, it's, it's probably a little bit harsh, I'd say. Uh, he's one of the more fair guys. Uh, one of the most popular guests on our show joins us weekly on Fridays for the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Freeman. Hello, Elliot. How are you? You know, I just got to tell everybody, I was in, I can't, I think I was in St. Louis this week, and I get these texts from Bob. And if you guys think that Bob doesn't ride me as hard off the air as he does on it, he's he's ripping me for talking up Marlowe, talking up Zaitsev, doing Dubas' work. I got to tell you that my first reaction is I sent him back a question mark. I don't know what he's talking about. And then I, I figured it out later, and I was like, that was pretty good, Bob. I got a good laugh out of that, I got to tell you. I had to have a little bit of fun with you, because really, you weren't necessarily driving it, but there were some other guys in your market that were, and I just, I, I had to chuckle, because there, there are some, Kyle Dubas has appealed to a, a certain fandom in Toronto. I think that's fair to say. Is that right, Elliot? You know, I, I you know, the one thing I do think is, is completely true is that, look, like the, the Twitter wars over numbers in hockey, like they're stupid. I think we all agree they're stupid. Right. Uh, you know, but, you know, and I, I do think there's a certain, like when you look at some of the teams that have openly uh, accepted and, and been open about the fact that they're doing some of these things, Carolina, Toronto, now New Jersey, which has hired uh, Tyler Dello and Matt Kane. Yes, absolutely. You can sense that. There is a, a rooting interest for some of these teams, so uh, I, especially online. Yes. And, uh, and I, I do see it, but to me, that's just completely irrelevant. I try to call them as I see it. I know. I, think, I know. I, th- I think the market for Marlowe is going to be tough, but I don't. I think that I think the Zaitsev deal. 
I don't want to say it'll be easier than you think, but I think there's more of a market for him than most people will think. Yeah. Uh, by the way, New Jersey just didn't hire an analytics department. They hired half of the former uh, web team from the Edmonton Oilers away. Uh, we were at Buffalo last yeah, I heard week. Chris Westcott go there? And uh, Mark Ciampa, who ran the Oilers web uh, team for, uh, you know, 10, uh, 14 years. Terrific guy, like just a real positive guy. Um Got big bucks to go to New Jersey. He's not just doing the. He's overseeing the Sixers as well, because of course yep. same ownership with Josh Harris, who by the way had Taylor Hall with them when the Seventy Sixers uh, in his suite uh, when they were at. Uh, what do they call, is it still the ACC? Was what do they call it now, in Toronto? Uh, Scotia Bank. But you know, I don't even think it was in a box. I think they were sitting courtside. Oh, were they? Well, and yeah. and there's an owner that decided not to push one of the players when they went jumping into the stands. But I digress. Uh, yes, yeah, so lots to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back uh, on uh, Zaitsev and Marlow. Let's stop, start with the, the, the topic of the day, which was about last night and the, the non-call that led directly to um, the second St. Louis goal. And it kind of looked like Boston let up on the play. And it yeah. kind of looked like Tyler Bozak uh, was expecting to go to a box. And suffice to say, it's been the number one water cooler topic around, uh, around Canada today. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're a Boston or St. Louis fan. Everybody's got an opinion on it. So... I saw your response after the game last night. I'm going to guess it hasn't moved much off that. Well, you know, I think the one thing I would say is I think after the first period, I thought St. Louis was the better team. Like I, yep. like since that seven-two game, I think St. Louis has taken over the lead in this, uh, taken over the series, and I think they have come by this lead honestly. Like I don't think they're winning because the referees are are hammering the the Bruins. I, yes, I think it's legit, but. You know what? Like, I just thought. I mean, I just thought that they, the referees at that point in time didn't want to give Boston another power play. But if you'll remember, and I pointed this out too, at the end of the second period, Bob, there was a play where St. Louis Sunfish could have been penalized for hauling down Krug, and it gave Petter Angelo a great chance, and Krejci had to make the save, and they didn't make a call. So if I'm the Bruins, I'm remembering that, hey, you know, no matter what happens, we got to play. And I thought there should have been a penalty, and I thought Bozak tripped him. Like, he put his arms up, like, oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, what he, the problem I have with all this, Bob, is that I don't want that kind of a play to be reviewed. I don't think that should, like, I don't ever want to see a situation where we're reviewing games, and that play happens, and they say, oh, that should have been a tripping penalty on Bozak. We're calling a tripping penalty. I, I don't want that. I think that's bad news. Um, I think that will go way too far. I think people will end up hating that call. Like, at some point in time, unless you're going to take the humans out of it entirely, there's going to be calls like that that aren't going to be All right, penalty. so here's my way. Here's my solution. Okay. Uh, officiate don't manage the game. Okay, so Boston's had three power plays. St. Louis has only had one. Oh, I gotta. I, I can't call that. And you know what, St. I, I, Elliot, I've already stated. I like you. Think St. Louis has been the better team in the balance of the series. Okay, they've yeah. elevated their play. I actually have a marginally, with all due respect to Louis DeBrusque and Jake more of a rooting interest for some of the, the Edmonton connections to the St. Louis guys. But at the end of the day, you don't want to see games get 
settled this way. And the challenge is, in six and seven game series, I think you'd agree with this, the margin is so tight, it can influence the outcome. So on that note, don't manage the game, just officiate it. Make the calls. And if it means you're putting teams down five on three, it means you're putting teams down five on three. Make the call. I, I would generally agree with that. I, I, I don't really have a problem. With well, that, that makes for bad radio, Elliot. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll find plenty else to disagree with each other on. Uh, there, uh, content, uh, creativity, and conflict, right? And on this show, uh, well, one out of three some days isn't bad. So, because uh, you know, the one thing I do want to say is, and I did get. Obviously, you saw the comments I made on Sportsnet. Yes, I did get some pushback today, and. You know, like, I had some people reach out to me and say, you know, they really think that Kelly Sutherland is one of the best refs in the league. And, um, you know, when he was the guy who didn't uh, penalize, didn't give a stiffer penalty to Charlie McAvoy for the hit on Josh, on, uh, Josh Anderson in the Columbus series. Yep. But the league still backed him. They sent him all the way through to the Stanley Cup final, and that is the respect that Kelly Sutherland has. And... I know there were some people who were not happy with what I said about. Yeah, he said they think that he is a good official. All right, but you do agree with me. I don't want to put, totally put words in, in your mouth, but some officials are guilty of managing games instead of officiating games. You know, I I do like the commissioner a few years ago at the event. I can't remember where the event was. He made the game management comment, and that one is stuck ever since. And I I think that's what that was. Like I. I'm asked to be honest. I'm being honest. I, I think that's what that yep. was. And, and um, you know, I'm sure that Sutherland felt terrible after the game. I, you know, I do believe, Bob, that this offseason, or sorry, this playoff season, has taken an enormous toll on the officials, an enormous toll on them. And it will have far-reaching implications. But again, Bob, I don't know how you fix that one. I don't ever want to see, like, people allowed to challenge and say, oh, that should have been a tripping penalty. We do not want to go down that road. It is a disaster if we go down yeah. that road. I'd say just officiate, don't manage, and you know what? I'm going to, I mentioned this earlier on the show, Elliot, I went back and watched some highlights from 06, the Oilers playoff run. They had multiple five-on-three goals, including a couple in one game against San Jose. Uh, and that was game five of that series. And the, the Sharks kept on taking penalties and the Sharks stink and the Oilers let them up. And uh, they, you don't see a lot of five-on-three goals because the refs manage the situation and don't give the second penalty in that scenario. And and, yeah. and, I, and I think there's a, a clear illustration. Switching focus, and I did not hear this comment directly, but we've got some intelligent people that uh, follow the show and tweet at me. You were on Calgary Radio, I believe, today. Did you discuss James Neal and the Edmonton Oilers as an option? I'm just trying to verify that. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I think Calgary's trying to see what the market is for James Neal. Um, I, I think that, you know, they really have only two options with him. You bring him back and you hope that, you know, he, whatever bothered him last year doesn't bother him and he's better and it creates a market for him. Or you make a move now where... You have to accept another contract in return. But I, he's definitely available. Um, I have heard that um, Edmonton at least kicked tires on it. You know, it makes sense. How would it work? Score. How would it work? Well, that's a, that, that's the thing. Like, a big contract has to go back. So are we talking um, Lucic for Neil? Is that what you're suggesting? Well, 
I, I didn't say it. I mean, look, like, because, uh, you know, Lucic is such a flashpoint. Like, I, I, I almost don't even want to go there because I know what that's going to turn into. But, look, like, it, if it was to happen, and, and to be honest, Bob, I don't think it's going to happen with Edmonton. I just think the Oilers at least talked about the possibility because he's a scorer and you guys need scores. I don't see the fit because I don't see that kind of a move happening, but I think you guys at least uh, considered the idea. I don't see Calgary doing that, but I think you guys at least considered the idea. So here's a scenario for you. Yeah. Is it a three-way? Is it Lucic going to Lucic going to Vancouver, Erickson going to Calgary, and Calgary takes on an extra what seven hundred thousand? But maybe uh, Brendan, can you look up uh, what's Neil's contract? Five point three million, uh, or five point five, something like Neil. Neil is five point seven five. Okay, so it's only a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar difference, and Erickson's got less term left. And then Edmonton yeah, would get. Yeah, Neil's got four more years. Yeah, Neil and Lucic each have. Four, by the way, it's Milan Lucic's birthday today. Uh, happy birthday, Milan! Happy I doubt. Birthday, you, Milan. Yes, uh, but uh, so Milan and Neil each have four years left. Erickson has three. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be uh, that would be quite the, uh, uh, the the three Western Canadian teams all making a deal like that. That'd be pretty interesting if that would uh, come to fruition. So you did mention it for the record. I did, because like I said, Neil's a scorer. I think Edmonton's looking for scorers. You know, it, I, I just refuse to believe that James Neal is as bad as he was last year. You know, I, I, I just, what he, last year, he did not do a good job. He was not himself. He was deservedly uh, benched at the end of the season. But I, I just think that James Neal's better than that. And I think Calgary's got to decide if they want to test it at the beginning of next year or they want to see what else is out there. Like, like, I, I, like, like, one of the things I kind of wondered about is if Calgary would do something like Neil for tourists. Like, Nashville knows Neil, and, and uh, I, I think that at times Calgary has looked into tourists. I don't think that's on the table. Um, you know, again, uh, tourists is more term than Neil. But that's the kind of thing that I think Calgary is at least examined. And, and I want to be careful with this language because I'm not saying that Calgary is offering Neil for tourists or I'm not saying that Edmonton and Calgary are talking about Neil for Lucic. But what I am saying is that Calgary has looked around on James Neal and tried to figure out if they wanted to move him, what they would have to do. And I think Edmonton was one of the teams that Calgary talked about. Well, you can see why the... Uh Predators would like to get rid of tourists because obviously Matt Duchesne, we all believe that's the number one. Uh, and also, it just it hasn't been a fit. Like, it hasn't worked out there. Fourth Kyle Turris. He was good for about yeah. the first month and a half he was in Nashville, and then he hasn't, you know what, a drop since. So, uh, anyhow. Yeah, but, you know, I think I, I've seen Kyle Turris. I think that guy's a hell of a player. For whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out in Nashville. Sometimes it doesn't work. Elliot, I was in Buffalo, as you know, for the Combine, and yeah. I'm getting the distinct impression that there's a lot of people out there in love with the U.S. National Development Program, and there's, uh, 
there's some individuals that really, and here's the example, Elliot, the Americans, they, they, they build that team to develop their players, but also to win the U18 championship. The Russian, yep. goalie, the Russian goalie stoned them. They were probably unlucky not to have won, but it was seen as a character builder that they didn't win. The Canadian kids are geared towards winning the Memorial Cup, and then they yep. go to U18, and yet there seemed to be more overt criticism of the performance of some of the Canadian players during the medal round, even though Canada couldn't catch a break against Sweden. We're in the box the entire game um, yeah. on some so-so calls, right? And it just, it, it was, because, you know, we're hearing, well, Dylan Cousins maybe not in the top ten. Kirby, I mean, Craig Button, who we really respect. Uh, Craig's got some interesting takes. He doesn't have Kirby Dock now in his top ten. Now, he wasn't with the U18 team, but it, it, there seems to be a lot of love for players out of the U.S. National Development Program right now. Your thoughts? Well, number one, I, I think it's this, this time of year, like I always tell the story around draft time. When I first started out, I covered basketball. Isaiah Thomas was the GM of the Raptors, and he told me, Elliot, you're a young reporter. I'm going to give you a piece of advice that you better not forget. I go, okay, what's that? He says, around the draft, everybody lies. Yeah. And so that's the one thing I remember. Around this time of year, you always have to be careful of misinformation. Um. You know, I, I think that, you know, I, I I think that you have to be careful because I think teams try to put up smoke screens. And I think the other thing that's happening right now, like Craig, I think is different because he's just doing his rankings. Yes. So I, I think there's a lot of honesty to what he does. Yeah. But I think teams throw out a lot of stuff. Like I know in Chicago, there's a lot of talk about Alex Turcotte now. And particularly because Mark Kelly, who runs their draft, you know, has, has a long, uh, long-known interest with USA Hockey. So there's, you know, there's there's some belief for that. But I think you have to be careful now. And I think the other thing that is going on now, Bob, is I think there's a lot of teams trying to figure out where they're like the jockey for position, where they have to move up to or move down to. And you know, the draft begins with three. It's going to go. Probably Hughes, Kako, and then we'll see, right? Yeah. And then everybody's going to see what the Blackhawks decide to do, and then everyone's going to start moving up and moving down, and it's easier for them if, if they can hide their intentions. So I, I, I think that that's kind of what's going on right now. And, like, you know, I think there's teams trying to figure out, you know, where Spencer Knight's going to go, where they have to trade to to get him if they want to get him. I think they're also trying to figure out who's got who where on their draft board. So I think that's a lot of where it comes. Now, by the way, you mentioned uh, U.S. National Development Team love and, and Buffalo for them. I think Buffalo could have potentially its eyes on uh, Don Granado as an assistant coach for Ralph Kruger. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, LA, you know, Edmonton made some moves last Friday, Elliot. Uh, Trent Yanni, I think we all believe. Uh, closing in on a deal with the LA Kings. There's an obvious fit there since Todd specifically yeah. brought him in here to Edmonton. I'm uh, going to be intrigued to see where Chris Knobloch ends up. I know that he's interviewed with a couple NHL teams. Uh, I, so, somebody mentioned to me he might have talked to LA too. Well, I, don't know uh, I will neither confirm nor deny that, but uh, you might be wrong. So it's true. So it's true. Uh, all right. Uh, so we'll leave it. We started a, having fun on the Leafs. We'll leave it on the Leafs. By the way, Elliot, like, do the fans there know how close Toronto really was? They were close, man. 
Uh, Believe me, I I think the organization talks about it. Yeah, they were close. In fairness to them, as much as we, you know, like to have a little bit of fun with Toronto, um, they had a pretty good team. So uh, is the most logical scenario for Marlowe that he gets, I mean, he can't be bought out, right? uh, it's, It's a full buyout, right, for him? Yeah, you know the, the thing too about Marlowe, but the thing is, there are teams like, like if I if I was Toronto, and I, I think it's a tough thing because it's it's geographic. I wonder if they called Ottawa and said, "Do you want him and buy him out?" And uh, like kind of like happened with Orpic, and um, although that wasn't an over thirty-five deal, um, and but I don't think that there's necessarily interest from Ottawa there to do that. I think uh, I did hear, I don't know who it was, but I did hear there was a team that was willing to do that. They said, we'll take Marlowe and we'll buy him out, even though it doesn't come off the cap and he can go wherever he wants. As long as, but the price was really prohibitive, I heard. Okay. So I, I think the biggest problem is, to me, I, I wonder about Anaheim. They could do it. I heard Colorado wasn't that interested at this time. I think L.A. is not an easy fit. Um, I wonder if Anaheim will end up being the team. I, I just think that Zaitsev is, to me, Zaitsev, he's a right-handed D in a league that looks for right-handed Ds. I think they're going to be able to find a deal for him. One final one for you. If Chicago yeah. passes on Bowen Byram, and I don't think yeah. they should, but we've all got Turcotte slug there at three, uh, if uh, there's no way Colorado's passing on Byram, I'm going to tell you that right now. I know they need a center, but and Bowen Byram is, in my opinion, the best skilled defenseman to come out of the Western League since Scott Niedermeyer, and I think he can play right now. So uh, they've already added a pretty good guy by the name of Kale McCarr, and yeah. that might open up the trade for uh, Tyson Berry, which would be a great fit in Toronto. So on that note, could you see the Maple Leafs moving a, a, a pretty good forward to Colorado for Tyson Berry? Uh, I think everything is on the table. Uh, you know, I think the problem with Berry is that you probably want to be able to re-sign him if you're going to give up sure. a good asset for him, right? Yep. He's got one year left. Uh, like, the thing is, you know with Colorado is that they're so patient. Look at the deal they made for Duchesne. Uh, because they were patient. Unbelievable trade. They're going to the same way. Tyson Berry, they've had teams asking them about Tyson Berry for years, and their answer is always the same. It's always, hey, we'll do it, but it's got to be a hockey deal. Yeah. No, so totally. So we're going to make a hockey deal with them. Great stuff, Elliot. We appreciate your time. We'll hook up next Friday. All right, Bob. Have a great week, and uh, by next Friday, we'll know who the cup winner is. There we go. Cheers, mate. That's Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort and Casino. Again, they have the cult tonight, and there's still some uh, tickets available at Ticketmaster.ca. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy, and then we're going to hear from you coming up in the second hour of Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.